Hello everyone, this is Magazine 3's Art Pod and we are once again in Kungsholmen, uh, one of the uh, more beautiful islands here in Stockholm. And I'm here with my uh, dear friends uh, Ronald Jones. Hello Ron. Hello, Have you been out of town since we spoke last time? Uh, yeah. yeah, mostly. Mostly, okay. <laughs> Hello Bella. Hello, happy to be here again. Great, wonderful. Bella, you are. I just read that because it was in in my uh, iPhone that you, Bella is participating in 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 a, an art fair in Mexico. Yes, I am. Represent well, my art is <laughs> with your art, right? Yeah. Which means that, but it's Bella is here. Yeah. you are not I'm somewhere. Here. Else. I would never leave this studio for an art show in Mexico. <laughs> And uh, today we have a, a fourth guest, a most uh, distinguished friend and artist from. Uh, LA from Topanga Valley and it's Chris Burden. Chris, I'm I'm so happy that you could be here with us today. Oh, I'm pleased to be here. Great. Chris is having a, a lecture here in Stockholm and uh, But he has also had, I have to say this again, I'm kind of promoting <laughs> my own uh, institution, but he has had a, a show at Magazine 3 for quite a, uh, quite a while now. It ends in June 2nd. And uh, this is kind of a, a, a presentation of, of an exhibition, uh, uh, parts of an exhibition that he Uh, made here in Stockholm 15 years ago with some new additions. And before we start to talk with Chris, it might be necessary, I don't think so, but I want to say some words about Chris. He is one of the, the quintessential, most important early performance artists in the United States, living and, and executing these works in Los Angeles. And we are talking about the early 1970s. And then at one point, in his in his career he went from doing performances to making more object related art and uh, hopefully we will uh, talk about this right chris yeah when you left performance what was it that made it come to an end i think it was partially that i'd done so many mm -hmm. i was trained as a sculptor and i always thought of the performances as sculpture really And uh, I was scheduled to do two performances in Europe, uh, one in Amsterdam and at the Apple, and one at a uh, gallery in Paris called Gallery Stadler. And uh, this is in the mid 70s. Yeah, 75, I think. And uh, rather than do performances, I did, uh, decided to build uh, an automobile that could pop together like a like a camping tent. You know, the poles mm. pop mm. together and then mm. you put the fabric over it. So I built this sort of uh, um, experimental automobile from from scratch. I didn't make the motor, but I made the the, the frame, the running gear. And mm -hmm. so that was a that was a that was a change. And, and I, so I went back to making objects. And, and, and one of the reasons I stopped, uh, I mean, it's not the only reason, but Um, when I got out of graduate school, I, I was already doing performances, but it gave me a great way to go forward because I didn't need any equipment. I could mm. keep making art without having to have a machine or saws mm. or, and uh, there were no storage issues. <laughs> so it was it was cost <laughs> so, efficient. Yeah, it was cost. It was an efficient way to keep uh, keep working and mm. not oh I don't have any money. I can't buy a saw. Oh, I can't make any art. You know, it's the usual. 
kind of excuses. So it was a way to, to keep going forward. I mean, I just needed a, a camera and a, and a filing cabinet, really, and a little typewriter, my grandfather's typewriter. So I, I did performances afterwards, but that was a big change hmm. because I made the B car. Mm-hmm. Which is on, on, yeah. on view here right. now in Stockholm, mm-hmm. right? Shipped it to Amsterdam, put it together, was going to drive it to Paris, but I was told that it would be confiscated at the border. So I we took it on a on a Renault van to, on the roof to Paris, and then we displayed it in Paris, and I got permission to drive it from the mayor around the st- some special streets in Paris. But um, then it came home. And guess mm-hmm. what? I had to rent a garage yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to start storing things. <laughs> and so that was the... I've always felt that a, a, lot, a lot of the objects that I've made, the sculptures I've made since then, are performative sculptures in the sense that they are doing the performance instead of myself personally. But they're an extension of me. I made them. Mm-hmm. But they're I call them you know performative sculptures in the sense because they... To do something, they and 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 I mean the B car is of course you you are yeah it's an object but if you don't drive it it's it stands still I mean yeah, you can yeah, look yeah. at it as now but yeah but but, but it implies it, it it implies functionality absolutely have you followed the the the, the performance scene since since uh, you stopped doing it mm, not so much I mean. To be honest with you, I can't think of anything more terrible than having to do a performance. So it says it's not something I really... Uh. It's interesting to hear that that would be kind of an awful and terrifying thought. So what I wanted to come to is performances, can they can they be repeated? Is it is it Does it make sense to move them out of the time? Because some of your historical performances and some of them that has been written about massively they were also executed in a certain time Mm. and not only in a certain time in your life but in a certain historic historic period yeah Yeah, i understand that and 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 what does it mean if they would be kind of performed again can another question can someone else perform your your Mm. your performances Well, I guess they could. And I'm I'm not sure what the meaning would be. No. What do you think, think Ron? Well, I wouldn't want to perform in Chris's place shoot. <laughs> But I, I, I think there is still, uh, especially with performance, there's a, a certain authenticity to it because it's your motivation or Chris's motivation uh, to take on uh, a particular task or duty as a, as a performance artist, which is, I would think, think of your earlier work. In, in that regard, whether it's locker or shoot, or it's it's sort of like a movie actor being impersonated. It's just not the it's not the same thing. There's an integrity and authenticity, especially I think to your early work, that requires you yeah. to be involved. I'm well, I, one of the things you asked me. I don't. Know, I think you asked me anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, why I stopped mm-hmm. doing performances, and one of the reasons was I got so much. Uh, not art press so much, but um, lay press, you know, general public press, Mm -hmm. that by the time I did the piece on the Volkswagen uh, transfixed, I almost didn't do it because I knew how it was going to be seen by the general media. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I'm not Evil Knievel. I'm not Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. So I think the danger maybe is that you become a parody of yourself. Like Ron just mentioned, shoot. I have gone places and heard that, you know, so-and-so student tried to reenact your shoot and they came to this, what? you know, with an air gun and they they tried to sh- have a friend shoot them and it missed. And, uh, you know, what do you think of that? Yeah. Uh, you know? mm. And the responsibility that yeah. you would take yeah. for this kind of action. And, and it seems stupid. Mm. In fact... Um, I don't know if you know about this, but I used to teach at UCLA, University of California, Los Angeles. And uh, I actually resigned because a student, I I was actually in Amsterdam at the time, or Rotterdam, I think. But a student brought a a gun to a a class Mm -hmm. to do a performance. It was a revolver, and he loaded uh, the gun with, he had two bullets, he put one in. And and then he did Russian roulette. He spun the chamber and held it to his head. And there were maybe another 30, 40 students in a circle around him. And, you know, it's one in six chance, but uh, it clicked. And then he, it was at night, and he ran outside, and then they, the rest of the students heard the gun go off. So they, they everybody was scared to go outside because they thought maybe he'd killed himself. Outside the Yeah, yeah. The, outside the in the parking room. lot, yeah. yeah. The university, in their greater wisdom, blamed me. <laughs> and I said, wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm not a, I wasn't a student when I did shoot. At, at universities, we actually have to have rules and regulations. It's about a civilized discussion. And, and, and even in the Middle Ages, once you bring swords to the university, you can't have that. You know what I'm saying? There are very strict rules about what you can and can't do at a university. The, the, most of the faculty said, well, Chris, what do you expect? You know, look what you did. Uh-huh. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I, I'm in a, uh, you know, we're the parents here. We have to say no. Mm-hmm. Just because I got drunk when I was 20 doesn't mean I'll, I, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. let my son get drunk and drive the car, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like... But then you you resigned from that. I resigned because the university refused to discipline him. And I said, I'm, I'm not asking you to prosecute him. I'm just telling telling him that he has to go downtown and get his own studio or, or go to Columbia. Mm-hmm. He can't go to UCLA. That's <laughs> 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 all. <laughs> not a big uh, issue. No. What I wanted to link this discussion yeah. to, it's, it's this artist, uh, Marina Abramovich, yeah, yeah. that, that made... Uh, Uh, reenacted reenacted uh, yeah. a lot of yeah. of of other people's yeah. performances and and of course she's known to be one of the early performance artists she also reenacts her own performances yeah no no no, no. that that's yeah. that's yeah. true and and that's and that's of course what we were talking about now whether whether that is whether that is possible I, or I just, not I, it's possible but i think i just think it changes the meaning uh, she asked me for permission to redo the uh, uh, the performance I did on the Volkswagen, Transfixed. Mm-hmm. She called me and said, I'm doing redoing Vito. Vito Conchi said yes, and, and so-and-so said yes. And, you know, and I said, Marina, no, you're asking. I say <laughs> no. She was just indignant. And, and I said, look, you don't need my permission. You can do whatever you want. You can, you don't, you can do it, but now that you've asked me, I'm going to say no, <laughs> but that in, in in which which brings 
the, the discussion into another uh, which has to do with the intellectual property yeah, of course ownership of this yeah, yeah. this yeah. is interesting and and on and of the action and what you are saying basically i don't own the copyright of my performances do you no i don't no. think so anybody can do but it changes the meaning the meaning yeah. is different yeah i mean to do shoot now would have a completely different meaning because i've Number one, I, there's already the history of me having it done before. Mm. So you run the risk of uh, becoming a parody of yourself, I think. Absolutely. And I was in 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 New York last week, yeah. and and there was uh, this uh, performance piece by by Tilda Swinton. You you haven't heard about it, Chris? No. But uh, Ron and Bella, mm, yeah. you, you heard yeah, yeah. about it? Yeah. And and yeah. and it's it's a complicated. Uh, dimension where where all of a sudden someone that is uh, known for being one of the great actresses in the world is making a performance piece at the, the Museum of Modern Art in New York where she is basically sleeping in in a in a vitrine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's a work that she did uh, in 95 18 years ago at the Serpentine I, I saw it at the Serpentine oh, you did yeah, yeah I saw it oh uh-huh. It was also, I think that was a collaboration with Cornelia Parker, the artist. But it was, uh, I think also at that time, it made sense in another way, because it was kind of paparazzi, also this kind of, that led up to mm-hmm. perhaps Lady Diana and Dodi in the car, yeah. and this kind of escalation yeah. of hunger for yeah. images, yeah. and the internet yeah. was coming and all this kind of almost pornographic um, wanting to look yeah. at it. And then yeah. you stand there alone in the Serpentine, and it's like Tilda Swinton and it's glass. It, it, it was a fantastic piece, I think, then. And I know now you've seen it there in another context and another. Yeah. I heard the only they like because now it also becomes about aging in a way because like all this writing about that. The the only difference was that she had her glasses next to her pillow now, because now she has glasses. Yeah. And because it's a sign of of, yeah, of aging. aging or something like yeah. this. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, in 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 New York, it was it was um, written about a lot because mm. people were kind of upset uh-huh. by everyone's creative dream is to 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 be participate in an exhibition or be at at the MoMA and mm-hmm. and all of a sudden here they they introduce Hollywood or or the film into into uh, uh, the MoMA and and people were upset about it because she was taking the place of you mean like this yeah ah, interesting wait, wait, that's I don't strange no she was taking the place of of a real artist ah, i understand well there's james franco too right yeah Yeah. You know you know about him, right? He's an actor, but he's not an... now he's you know he's doing performance art. Exactly. Huh? So it's a little confusing. I think part of the confusion is with the actual term. Because performance implies theatricality. Mm-hmm. And I think when I was doing performances, I like the German word actions much better. Yeah. Because it it implies activity that isn't theatrical if that makes sense mm-hmm. it's not that i'm against theater no, it's just a, a different, very different bo- thing. it's just yeah. different ball game so I, remember, I think <laughs> this is the yeah. thing like i remember a student asking me when i just started teaching yeah. like what is the difference between performance and acting i was like yeah. well acting is like the person pretends to be someone right. else and performance right. the person is who it is yeah it's like this uh, yeah because on, on, on uh, in theater there's always this um In, in traditional theater, anyway, there's this sort of invisible glass wall, yes, this, oh. and no matter what's going on on stage, mm. you never feel that you have the moral imp- 
imperative to jump up and stop it. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you understand mm-hmm. that it's acting, mm-hmm. that it's, it's theater. Uh-huh. And I think with action art, maybe it's different. I mean, that's one of the things my wife is always furious about. It's like, how could you, your friends and audience have let you do those things? Mm. Which like, were so, at the time, was also so dangerous. Or, yeah, why didn't yeah. they step in and stop? Mm. Why didn't mm. they step in and do something? Mm. Mm. But if we if we talk about uh, the objects that you then started with, with the B car, yeah. and, yeah. and they combined a lot of, of the curiosity uh, that you have in your old early performances, but you, now you are not risking your 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 body in the same way. Just my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard what you said when you kind of end the the performance and 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 you uh, characterize it a little bit, but you know you don't need the uh, tools and all of yeah. that. Because I'm I'm thinking about this uh, the, the the time machine. What is this measuring? Uh, You know the, the speed of light. The speed of yeah, light. Yeah. I mean, so, which is yeah. uh, which is for 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 a lot of people, yeah. it's it's a it's a total science project. It is a science project. It's it a is. Science, a, it's a scientific demonstration. Right. And but I but I it, I like the uh, it's a physics demonstration and it's a recreation of of an early experiment by Foucault and and uh, um, God, I forget the other guy's name, but. Um, I remember reading about it in in a science book, a little, and I, and they measured the speed of light in using uh, uh, you know a bellows and a tuning fork and spinning mirrors in a space mm-hmm. of thirty sixty feet, and I thought this is incredible, you know, and I, and and it was so brilliant because it just depended on spinning this mirror at really high speeds and bouncing a beam of light back and forth, and. And the beam goes out, the beam comes back, and the mirror is changed a little. And so you get a slightly different reflection. And it was, it was such a brilliant mm-hmm. experiment. I, I saw it as, as, as a aesthetic, in a sense, because it was so brilliant and so clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I incorporated that into a, a, a show with all kinds of other things to, to imply motion. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, that was a really important because it's pure science. I mean, you, in, unless you know what you're looking at, it's very dull. It's like real, you know, you look in a microscope and you see a little, <laughs> mm, a little gray thing and then see a little white dot there. Whoa, that's Could really important. Yeah, that's, that's where the cell boundary is breaking. And, you know, and, and if you don't know what you're looking at, it's very dull. But for me, you look, you look through this little eyepiece and you can see, you speed the mirror up and you can see this little band of light move. And by that, you can make the measurement. And I thought, yeah, once you can see the finite, because we've been told that nothing can go faster than the speed of light. I don't think that's true. You don't think it's true? I don't think that's true. And uh, once you can see a physical limit, it's like seeing the end of the universe. You see a brick wall, that's the end of the universe. Excuse me, what's on the other side of the wall? I mean, so just uh, seeing it turned into something physical enabled me to conceive of if the little band moves four millimeters, well, geez, if it moves another four, Wouldn't be go- we'd be going twice the speed of light. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a it's just a, to get your imagination working. Mm. I think 
and to make these abstract things very physical yeah. in a way. In a yeah. way, I think yeah, that yeah. also that was yeah. the same case with, for example, shoot. That yeah. is my favorite. Yeah. one of my favorite yeah. pieces. That is about making a lot of abstract, strange things into something physical. Yeah, absolutely, and that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you have a, a large exhibition coming up after the summer. Yeah, in at New the, York at, at the new museum. At yes. the new museum. Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what how you will? approach that well i think the title of the show is weights measures and something else um it, it's it's not a retrospective it's not really a survey i'm trying to show as much new work as i can on the outside of the museum and i've built these structures before but um it's called quasi-legal skyscraper and when i was building my house in topanga i asked my architect what is the largest structure you can build without a permit. And he told me it was 400 square feet. And so I came up with this idea of building a, a miniature skyscraper using the Bosch tubing, you know, the office divider mm -hmm. tubing. Mm -hmm. And each, each floor is 10 feet square. So theoretically, it was legal. Of course, <laughs> the laws have changed since yeah. then. But, and uh, we're building two of these towers and we're putting them on top of the new museum and they will uh, be eerily similar to the twin mm -hmm. trade towers so mm -hmm. they're like a ghost mm. of the trade towers so that so the new museum which you know is quite a yeah. kind of eye-popping building it'll have two sort of miniature mm -hmm. trade towers on the mm -hmm. top which sh it, it should read pretty well i think sounds uh, exciting yeah chris Thanks a lot for for uh, spending uh, some minutes with us here okay. in Stockholm. Okay. We will try to be in New York in October <laughs> right. when it opens. All right. Great. So you're going to continue the conversation. Right? Yeah, a, right. a couple of minutes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks. Right. Great. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thanks very much. Chris left the studio now. He has to prepare for for his talk later today. Uh, we 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 broke the format. But Bella, you said there was more than three questions yeah, I was here. There was more than three questions raised in this conversation. And a rare opportunity to hear yeah. directly from him about these early works that exactly often. And any 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 reflections? I mean, I'm always um, I am very interested in the relationship between performance and sculpture, and the kind of um, instead of thinking of sculpture as this contemplative value, thinking of it as a as a performative that it doesn't. It's not what it is. It's what it does in a way. And I think that he described this in a really wonderful and very interesting way. Yeah, and, and I also think of um, the example that you brought up uh, in the Museum of Modern Art, uh, the actress in... Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't going to use her name. I didn't want to give her any more credit. No. But I, <laughs> I, I think that... Um, I think she's a fantastic actress, but it goes back to context, and I think that's an important point that Chris made. And I think I put in an email... To you guys, if she had done this in 1975, she'd be in all the history books. Mm. Now she's in the history books for being, you know, uh, sensationalist. Mm. Uh, uh, and and the kind of measured approach that Chris took to his early work, I think there's a real lesson in mm. there for most performance artists. Yeah. And maybe mm. it's also about authorship. Yeah. Because when I read that Beep was doing this performance again that she did in 95, I also thought that I kind of think I heard about a conflict between her and the Cornelia Parker, which was the artist that invited her. So maybe this was about authorship also. Yeah, They're yeah. wanting to claim authorship of a piece. And this also, like Chris brought up 
what do you do if you do a remake? I know that Chris, the shoot, for example, is uh, has been remade in Second Life and this kind of situations. But of course, like what 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 do you own yeah. if someone asks yeah. you, like, of can course. I do it again? Uh, who owns it? But may, and I was just thinking about it, and that's why it was nice to hear you, Bella, talk about the fact that you saw this piece in '95 mm-hmm. because uh, I have to admit that I was one of those that feels uh, that um, you know. Why don't give it to a real artist? Uh, at the same time, it it shows a certain level of of ignorance on on my part, of course, because we are we are also so trapped in in certain disciplines and certain fields where we feel that stardom or success mm. in theater, uh, you can't be a great painter and be great on stage it's just not you you have to pick one which is actually a very sad uh, sad <laughs> statement and if you would go yeah. even longer back in time i mean you have the people that were the most fabulous architects they were the greatest i mean i'm going back yeah. to bernini and yeah. it and they did, they did everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. exactly exactly they, I mean, of course but i always read the piece like i did in 95 i read the piece as cornelia parker's piece using Uh, Tilda Swinton as a material, mm. and so uh, and it, uh, of course it was then in the kind of relational aesthetics uh, uh, dawn, yeah. and I read it like that. I was an art student, so I kind of. But I think I think you are, I think you are quite close to the truth there, and maybe. and and I think that's that is maybe one of the underlying problems mm. with with this. And I I just want to comment. I, I have no problems with. Uh, somebody crossing over disciplines like that. I have a problem with it just because it strikes me as the way in which most performance art strikes me is crushingly boring mm. um, and not moving the game forward in any particular mm. way or not being strategic. Um, so to, uh, to, it, mm. I, I'm, I well, well, I mean, just look at Chris. Mm. He, he's doing science or recreating science. I mean, his interests are spread mm. far and wide. And I'm the last person to criticize somebody <laughs> about that. Mm. But but at the same time, this kind of uh, this kind of fame factor yeah. uh, is of course uh, is of course something which a major institution like the MoMA kind of plays with, sure. and that makes plays into a big role. And and if you compare this with the performance by Marina Abramovic that mm-hmm. she did in the same institution, where she for 30 days plus sat in this chair and and people uh, this this piece which we are talking about is uh, another five appearances mm. by uh, the the performing artist and you don't know when and so on so it has yeah, yeah. it has a much more of a, a kind of a, a, a it's a better <laughs> it's a better piece but but there's also another level i think that maybe in 95 Tilda Swinton wasn't so known Mm. I mean, it was pre this kind of uh, Orlando movie. And was it pre Orlando? I think in '95 was pre Orlando. I think that's in kind of '98. Or, uh, maybe I'm wrong. No, '98 was wrong. the year when the cultural capital okay, then started, <laughs> and, and I wanted to have and I wanted to have the opening party like the that like oh, you know okay, on the ice. There. Uh, so I think it's so like maybe '95, '96. Yeah, so maybe it was okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I can I can live with that. But anyway, maybe lesser known at least. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other any other th- final thoughts in in regard to to the performance? I mean, there's, there's uh, things that also come up with uh, that we didn't really talk about, but I still think comes up 
in regard to his um, his, his Chris's uh, performances and that's also the, the photographs of them mm-hmm. and also what like you mentioned Tino Segal that never has his performance work photographed and what the, the kind of story and the story and the kind of photograph and the that you kind of feel I feel like I own shoot mm. that's also mm. part of me yeah. it's part yeah. of my kind of uh, story but there's also something about activating the body of the art user or art viewer that Mm. you you feel in a lot of his pieces also the 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 sculptures and Mm. it's about activating me Mm -hmm. as a a user of the art and this i also think that tino segal also does and this was interesting also with the new museum that he described now the the show like this really turning the museum out like on its inside out i thought it sounds really exciting yeah dear friends Uh, we'll see each other again when when uh, the light is as intense <laughs> as it is in Stockholm and uh, hopefully some of the gravel is off the <laughs> yeah, sidewalks. Exactly. It's been lovely to see you. Thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you. you.